Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the Pelicans get set to take on the Bucks tonight. And we are in the lobby of the uh, Grand Old Fister Hotel in downtown Milwaukee. John DeShazer's alongside. He's co-hosting with me today as the Pelicans uh, have action tonight on the road. We've got big NFL news to talk about here in the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, even Mark Armour, assistant trainer with the Pelicans, has joined us here in the lobby. Mark, Milwaukee's one of your stops, isn't it? You like this place. Milwaukee has a lot of good food here. It's, uh, it, I, I can't wait to go to uh, Chili Real. Uh, some people, from local people, call it real chili. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, and, and you and why did you change the name just to kind of make it more upscale, I guess? Yeah, you know, because uh, we like to go to fancy places. <laughs> if you ever get to Milwaukee, try uh, real chili or chili real, as, as Mark likes to describe it. Uh, we kind of hit the town a little bit last night, myself and Mr. DeShazer, J.D. Uh, Milwaukee is a once-a-year stop for us, and uh, I think this is the last of our cold-weather trips of the year this in Brooklyn tomorrow. I think of all of us have a smile on our face about that. Yeah, it's always good, uh, good to get back to the Gulf South. Uh, let's get back to the swamp where it's warm and probably raining right now or at some point this week. But, uh, yeah, let's get out of the snow and get back home. There's no doubt about that. We're going to talk more about the uh, rest of this road trip coming up on today's show. John will uh, give us his thoughts on the uh, signing of Mark Ingram from the New Orleans Saints, and we'll uh, break down the matchup tonight between the Pelicans and the Bucks with some sound from uh, shoot-around already having occurred this morning. Look, Saturday night was pretty good, guys. Um, that comeback against the Memphis Grizzlies seemed to get everything back on track. John, I know that you were busy receiving a re- uh, an award, and a congratulations uh, on the Bob Rossler Media Award, but uh, we missed you on Saturday. The Pelicans took care of business, though, while you were away. Yeah, they didn't seem to need me a whole lot on the court. Um, one of those games where, <laughs> again, we've had some of these perplexing games with this team this season. Unfortunately, we've had some some losses that seem inexplicable um, the night before to Boston at home, and then they come back and beat uh, the division-leading team, Memphis, at home. So, you know, this team really seems to play well against great caliber, and, and one of the one of the things that you'd like to see is 
you know, they up their level against some of the, the lesser teams, or at least lesser teams on paper, because this is the NBA. It's not like these guys are all charity cases. But you'd like to see them play a little bit better against lesser teams. So hopefully that'll be an, an, an opportunity to happen on this road trip. You know, Milwaukee has a pretty good record. They lost four straight before they broke that streak with a win against Washington. So hopefully uh, the Pels can come in and do what they need to do against them and against Brooklyn on the road. But we know they've had some difficult times against Eastern Conference teams and especially bad Eastern Conference teams on the road. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just don't know what you're going to get, unfortunately. So hopefully they can pull it out and, and get it together. Yeah, 3-10 and ten on the road versus the East this year. That mark isn't very good. But speaking of marks, uh, Mark, uh, while we've got you sitting here, I guess you probably had one of the best seats in the house on Saturday night as the assistant trainer. You're right there on the bench. Um, what was the mood like amongst the, the folks around the team benches as New Orleans was coming back from down 18 in that game? It's just fun. Um, the fans really get behind us when we start to make a run, and it, it, it really helps us push through, especially when we were in the slump and start hitting some shots, getting some buckets, and to watch the place just light up, it's always just fun. Yeah. Fun, that's the, that's the great way to put it. I think Anthony Davis even said that after the game. We need to continue having fun as a team. Eric Gordon was quoted in the newspaper the other day saying that this is the best team chemistry he's seen uh, in his time with this franchise as well. So things are trending uh, in the right direction. And as John mentioned, hopefully they trend much better on the road here in the East starting tonight. We'll take our first uh, quick break here from the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee. When we come back, we'll jump into that football conversation with J.D. And then we'll uh, recap or wrap things up today with uh, further thoughts about the Pelicans and the Bucks tonight. Stay with us. Besh Restaurant Group and your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Demps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. Join us this Sunday at 5 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the Denver Nuggets face your New Orleans Pelicans in a Western Conference matchup. Pelicans Fest starts at 3.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 3,000 lucky kids will receive a Chevron red jersey, the next giveaway in our Year of the Red Uniform series. Tickets start as low as $15, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. With John DeShazer, Sean Kelly back here on the Black and Blue Report. We continue from Milwaukee today. And, John, let's turn our attention to football. This is a busy, busy time, not only for the NFL, but specifically for the New Orleans Saints as it pertains to our conversation. And uh, I think that most folks received the news pretty well yesterday that Mark Ingram had signed a new four-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. Well, yeah, he's, he's the number one running back coming back, obviously uh, coming off a career high in carries, uh, yards, 
uh, rushing touchdowns. And so his most productive season, his most healthy season, uh, played 13 games. So he really put out. And, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people thought um, general manager Mickey Loomis and coach Sean Payton were maybe blowing smoke when they said, hey, we want this guy back. And, yeah, we know we're over the salary cap, but we want him back. Well, you know, nobody does the salary cap deal, the salary cap dance, better than Mickey Loomis and his crew. So to be able to get Mark back is huge for the Saints offense. Obviously, there are more holes that need to be filled, but he his presence uh, gives them something that they like to have. He was a valuable contributor to the number one offense in the league. So to have him back is a good thing. Think back to last season, John. You know, Mark was still getting a lot of uh, criticism, you know, throughout training camp. Where is this going to go with him? Is this now finally his time? Um, I think he addressed a lot of those questions as he went throughout the regular season. Well, a lot of it had to do with opportunity. I mean, Mark, unfortunately, has been injured for, you know, the, the previous three seasons of his career. So, you know, he was always nicked up, it seemed to be, you know, had some foot problems and those kinds of things. So he couldn't quite get on track. You see a few flashes, but, you know, I think a, a different blocking scheme helped him. I think, uh, you know, ha obviously having a spread offense or you know, an offense that's more wide up with Drew Brees and that receiver core helps him. But he also was a lot more decisive as a runner, a guy who, you know, as they say, stuck his foot in the ground and made his cut, and he was pretty decisive about it. And we didn't see that kind of decisiveness out of Mark for his first couple of seasons. We did see it at the end of his third season when the Saints got in the playoffs against Philly and against Seattle. And that really kind of turned the corner for him. He looked like a different guy at the end of that season in the playoffs. And he carried it over. And, and so he's just been a different guy in terms of being decisive about what he's doing. You know, the guy didn't win the Heisman for no reason. He's got some ability. And we finally got a chance to see it in New Orleans. So Ingram's in the fold for this coming season. Pierre Thomas, according to Pierre Thomas, is not the New Orleans Saints, as we've talked about on this show, have not officially made news of, of his release. But with, with, I guess more so with, with Ingram's signing to a new deal, what else should we know about the running back position on the eve of free agency here for the New Orleans Saints? Well, I mean, I think you bring back a Mark Ingram for the sole purpose of, you know, I'm assuming they've told him, look, your opportunities are going to increase, you know, no matter what happens or who they have. You know, that's the only reason I think Mark Ingram really doesn't even get on the free agent market because essentially I don't know that he ever even got to the free agent market, so to speak. So I believe, you know, he was explained that his opportunities were going to be increased no matter who was going to be there. So, But, you know, whatever happens, if Pierre Thomas is or isn't in the fold, the Saints are a multi-running back team. They need those multiple threats. Obviously, a, a receiver like a Pierre Thomas or a Tra Traveris Cadet, you know, another backup, you know, a guy who, who's going to hit it up in the whole heart like Kyrie Robinson. So they're a multi-running back team, like most teams in the NFL are right nowadays. So I think what it says is, you know, Mark's going to be the guy because you don't re-sign him after he's coming off that kind of season without him, you know, coming in with the explicit understanding that he's going to get the lion's share of the carries and the opportunities to see what he can do with them. We're seeing a lot of uh, news around the NFL here today, as we, as we expected, on the eve of the start of free agency, the start of the new NFL year. Names are changing places and everything else. Um, the, the Saints still have some work to do, and then they launch themselves into the free agency period. Uh, before we get to the free agency period, let me just throw some names around a little bit, and we'll talk about, you know, what has to be done or, or what can be done, may, namely Junior Gallette. Uh, this may be what? Roster bonus versus signing bonus situation. You've got the question marks around Jari Evans, Curtis Lofton, Ben Grubbs, David Hawthorne, Jimmy Graham, uh, John. I think they can get some relief by changing 
his roster bonus to a signing bonus as well. But there are there are a lot of names and moving parts here for the Saints in the last you know 24 hours or so if they haven't taken care of them already. Yeah, you can probably maybe toss Drew Brees into that. Who said he'd be re he'd be willing to do something contractually to give the team relief? Obviously, you know you you know you're going to give something to get something, whether it's an extension, whether it's accelerated. Uh, uh, prorated signing bonus, uh, rather accelerated signing bonus, where you convert some of that cash into cash into a signing bonus. So there were are some mechanisms to to undergo where the Saints, you know, they had a plan going into the off season to get under the salary cap. So they hadn't enacted all of those all of those steps, but they're well on their way to doing so because they do it every year. <laughs> so they somehow they manage to do it and they get the guys to comply with it. So. You know, they'll convert some salaries, I'm sure. There will be some more tough cuts coming along because, you know, we had some of those last year. It's a tough time in the business because of, because of the salary cap. You can't keep everybody you want. And then you have guys who have veterans where, you know, you just have to get rid of them maybe a year early or a couple of steps earlier than you really like to based on their contributions and how much more they can play. But sometimes you got to cut bait even when the guy's still got life in him because you need that salary cap relief and you got to plan for the future. So, you know, the Saints, I'm sure, have all the steps in place of what they want to do with it, whether it's Jimmy Graham or, or Drew Brees, whether they want to convert some money to sign the bonus and prorate it out and stretch it out a little bit longer. I'm sure they already have the steps in, in place. All right, and you and I both have faith in that process, and there's no doubt about that. So that clears the deck. So then let's talk about free agency. That's the, that's the next thing to come. The draft is still just a little ways off. Um, in, in looking at the Saints roster, in looking at the needs from the angle that you cover the team, um, hazard a guess, if you don't mind, as to what, what things may be helped here by free agency, what they may like to do in that process. Well, I mean, if, if i got to look at it, if, if I'm the Saints, I'm, I'm looking for a corner. You can't afford the high-priced guys, and we've seen all the high-priced corners really come off the market, except for Darrell Revis. But the rest of those guys, you know, you can't go too pricey with it because you're in a salary cap situation. But they do need some help at the corner. We know that. It's no secret. And you'd rather have help in free agency via a veteran as opposed to the draft, a guy who you kind of got to coach up and get him ready to play in the NFL. I think that'll be the way you go with that. Um, you know, could they be looking for some, some help on the offensive line, whether it's uh, at guard with Jari Evans and Ben Gross. We don't know what those situations are going to be. That could be a possibility. Uh, in the interior with uh, with um, the centers, um, um, Goody, John Goodwin, <laughs> might be, you know, we don't know his situation. Also, could you help, have some help at, at outside Russia? Well, we don't know what's going to happen with the Junior Gillette situation, whether there might have to be something done there because, you know, of the offseason, you know, things that have been going on with Junior. We don't know what the league is going to do with him in terms of a possible suspension or those kinds of things. So all that has to be addressed. But, I mean, I think the glaring area right now would be and would have to be cornerback and after that, maybe you drop down to offensive line and maybe a speed rusher or, or a linebacker. If you compared last year's free agency period to this year's free agency period, um, are they too far apart to, to compare and contrast? Or do you see this as um, more needs now than then or more needs then than now? I mean, if, if you had to compare. I think it is, it's more now than then, simply from the standpoint that they were coming off an 11-5 season in the playoff berth. So, you know, you don't necessarily believe you need as many fixes when, you, when you're a winning team. When you're 7-9, and you know, you've got to look at everything, as, as these guys have said, and I think they've done a decent job of, you know, whether it's, you know, making additions and, and changes to the coaching staff, uh, roster changes or whatever. But when you're 7-9, everything bears watching. So I think there's going to be more movement or more looking around this year than last year. And you're always looking to improve, but 
you know, again, it, it's got to be, you know, it's a combination of coaching and personnel that gets you to seven and nine, however, whatever combination, however heavy one side goes to the other. But you've got to make some changes. So I think there's a, a lot more, I think there's a lot more urgency and a lot more different this year than it was last year. Jarvis Bird was a big surprise last year. Um, not that they wanted somebody of that kind of talent to be in their secondary, but their ability to pull it off. Um, and the good news is he says he's going to be healthy and ready to go for the bulk of the offseason work that uh, goes on with the football team. Uh, J.D., is the Mark Ingram signing um, the Jarris Bird moment from a year ago, or perhaps does Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have something else special planned here in the coming weeks? I wouldn't be surprised if they had something else, but, I mean, because Mark's contract, I mean, when you look at the, uh, the reported terms, isn't a, a huge, huge, huge deal, especially for a running back nowadays. So there might be a biggie out there that they might be seeking. I mean, somehow or another, these guys managed to pull it off. They got Keenan Lewis a couple of years ago, Jarris Bird, you know, last year. If you can get one of those moderately priced guys at a cornerback, I'm certainly sure they're on the market looking for those kinds of things. So I don't know if Mark is the marquee guy, but certainly he was a huge guy because he's the first guy they went after. And usually when they target a guy that early, they really want that guy because Jarius Bird was the first guy they got last year. You know, a couple of years ago, Keenan Lewis was the first guy they got. So Mark Ingram, you know, it says a lot that he's the first guy they went after and got. Yep. That's John DeShazer, of course, from NewOrleansSaints.com. That pretty much completes our lap around the NFC South, which started last week. We covered Tampa Bay and Atlanta, too. And now today we've kind of wrapped things up here about the New Orleans Saints uh, on the eve of the start of free agency. Fun time around the league. Keep your eye on the old wire, as they say today, because there's already news about guys moving around. I think Jeremy Macklin was the guy that I last saw that he's going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, as I came from upstairs in my hotel room here in Milwaukee down to the lobby to visit with John and you on today's Black and Blue Report. Quick timeout, then we'll one more segment with J.D. We'll talk about tonight's Pelicans-Bucks game here uh, in the Brew City of Milwaukee. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Besh Restaurant Group and your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Dimps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Albright. I'm 36 years old. I had the perfect life. It was everything I ever dreamed about. Until two weeks ago. I was standing in line at the grocery store, leaning over to empty my cart when I heard it. Mommy, why are her pants too big in the back? And that's when it hit me. I'm wearing mom jeans. Never again. I will look hot in yoga pants. That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Firm and Burn chocolate peanut butter smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get into those yoga pants. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. 
Still to come here from Milwaukee today, we'll take you over to the Pelican shoot-around and uh, catch up with a couple of the players, get their thoughts on the start of this road trip and their matchup tonight, their lone visit here at Milwaukee this season. And with that, John DeShazer and myself, Sean Kelly, continue from the lobby of the historic Fister Hotel here in Milwaukee today. And I'm anxious to see the Bucks. I can't believe that we've had to wait until March the 9th to see the Greek freak and the Bucks themselves. Yeah, they uh, they are an improved team from last year. Uh, Coach Jason Kidd, you, you know, for whatever you want to say about him, he's got this team above 500, uh, a, a young team, athletic team. We know they just traded for Michael Carter Williams, you know, recently. So I think they're kind of kind of shaping themselves up to to be a team in the in the image that he wants them. The uh, defensive numbers for the Bucks is um, nothing to sneeze at, my friend. Yeah, especially here these you know since the since the turn of the year since the uh, first of January they're like I think third in points allowed per game and maybe second in field goal percentage allowed and first in turnovers first forced uh, so they are a team that really gets after you defensively and, and that's a little bit of a concern if you come in here and then on top of that they've won nine of the last ten here at home so you get them here in front of their people and then they start getting after you defensively that can turn into a little bit of a tidal wave against you. And also notice they've they've limited 15 opponents to 85 points or less this season, which is most in the in a, in, a, in the NBA, and they're 14 and one in those games. So they really get after you defensively, and hopefully the Pels have something to, together for these guys because I think they're going to test the Pels out stout. You know they're going to test that offense out and see what the Pels have. It's interesting watching the Pelicans right now and the Thunder uh, continue to challenge each other. They. The one-upsmanship has been a lot of fun. Saturday night, the Pelicans lobbed one over the uh, wall, if you will, with their comeback win at home over the Grizzlies. And then Russell Westbrook did it again yesterday um, with his uh, performance against the Toronto Raptors. So as we go into tonight, J.D., it's still a game between 8th-seeded Oklahoma City and 9th-seeded New Orleans. If you had to look at the week to come here, Oklahoma City has the Clippers on Wednesday, and then the Pelicans have these two games on the road in the east. Who's wearing the pressure a little more, do you think, between the Pelicans and the Thunder as we tighten this chase up a little bit? Well, I mean, I think it's OKC. Okay. I hope it's OKC. Okay. I hope they're feeling a little bit more than the Pels because the Pels hadn't been in this position before. So, you know, really it's kind of, I hope they're enjoying this more so than OKC, a team that a lot of people believe is capable of going to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even the NBA Finals if they're healthy. Whereas the Pels, a young team, everybody's projecting them to not be a playoff team, to maybe slide into the number eight seed. So there would be a little bit less pressure. But the Pels have to learn how to handle themselves in, in situations like this. As good as Milwaukee has been this year, and as good as they've been at home, this is the game that the Pels need to win if they want to be a playoff team. They need to beat Brooklyn tomorrow night if they want to be a playoff team. You can't depend on people to beat Oklahoma City for you and hope to get in that way. You've got to take care of your own business. And that's where losses against Boston at home really kind of come back and haunt you and, and bite you a little bit, and, and they stand out so much. But to be able to turn it around against Memphis, to beat Memphis, and to stage a huge comeback against Memphis at home, that tells you what New Orleans is capable of. Can they consistently put that out on the floor and give you that kind of performance? That's what we're looking for. If you can get that out of them, you know what, you'll be satisfied no matter where the chips fall. If you fall a little bit short of getting in the playoffs or if you're able to sneak in as the 8 or 7 seed, you'll still be satisfied because you'll see the necessary improvement and you'll see the process kind of growing. But you want to see how they act in these couple of games 
And yeah, you hope you get some help from the Clippers against Oklahoma City. Although you can't depend on it, you hope you get that help from them. You were hoping to get a little bit of help from Toronto, and unfortunately you couldn't get that. But you hope the Clippers take care of a little bit of the business for you. But the Pels got to be looking at themselves, and they always say, okay, we're going to look at ourselves. So take care of Milwaukee, take care of Brooklyn, and then see what happens. All right, the chase continues tonight at 7 Central at the BMO Harris Center here in Milwaukee. John will be with me on the broadcast, and we'll see you at 7 o'clock tonight. Quick timeout. Then we'll go over to shoot around for the Pelicans this morning here in Milwaukee and wrap up today's Black and Blue Report. Can't pay your bills because of gambling? Missed car payments? Credit card bills mounting? Do you have multiple payday loans because of your gambling? If you or your family is suffering from gambling problems, treatment services are available for Louisiana residents at no cost. Call now. It's free and confidential, 877-770-STOP or online at helpforgambling.org. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, Pelicans and Bucks here tonight from Milwaukee, as we mentioned just a moment ago. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight on the Pelicans radio network. Television coverage as well on Fox Sports New Orleans. Earlier this morning here in Milwaukee, the Pelicans uh, did their morning walkthrough, the shoot-around. Our own Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com was able to catch up with a couple of the guys and get their thoughts about where things stand with the team on this Monday morning. Uh, here's Jim Eichenhofer, first up with Quincy Pondexter. Uh, Quincy, this is one of the most improved teams in the NBA this year. What is it about them that has impressed you and some of the things that make them a, a, a tough team this year? Um, they're really well coached. Um, I, I think when you have a coach like Jason Kidd that knows the NBA, knows his players, he's, he's really a player's coach. Um, his players are playing really freely and um, you know, they're having fun playing the game. I think that helps uh, win games. It, it helps change cultures in this league. And, um, you know, they got a really good coach and, and young players that are excelling in the system. Uh, what do you think of the way that Anthony Davis has played since he's come back? He's only averaging 13, 14, I think, and 5 since he's come back. Who, Anthony? Oh, my God. Anthony's, in my eyes, he's... He's up there in the top uh, two, three in MVP um, in the league. He's an unbelievable player. Um, you know, I, I look up to him even though he's older than me and uh, not younger than me. And he's just a tremendous player. He's a young talent that is it's fun to watch really close every night. Um, this team, you, the, meaning the Pelicans, struggled earlier in the season on the road, but it's been played a lot better lately, um, partly since you joined the team as well. What do you think you guys have been doing better on the road in the last uh, stretch of the season? Uh, we're still a young team. I think we're just really focusing in on um, bringing the same uh, mentality every night. And no matter if it's at home, if it's at, on the road, um, just staying really focused on the attention to detail. Um, you know, we're just out here competing. We're, we're fighting for our playoff lives, and, um, you know, we, we're competing every night. We're leaving it all out there. Eric Gordon also spoke to the media this morning. He's been red hot in his last two. He's shooting over 56% from three-point. 
Pelicans will need him again tonight. Eric, uh, Milwaukee's been probably one of the most surprising teams in the league this year. What are some of the things that you've seen? Uh, I know you guys haven't played them yet this year, but some of the things that you've seen from them that you have been impressed with. I mean, they're just, you know, they're just very consistent of what they do. You know, they're a young team and they're, they have good size and they, they play out in transition a lot. So it's, um, you know, they're a pretty good team. Yeah, it looked like a, they're going to be a playoff team, so they're, they're going to be tough. What do you think are some of the things that you guys have done better on the road in the last um, stretch of the season? You guys have had a lot have had a lot more wins in the last couple months or so. Yeah, we're starting to know who we really are, you know. Um, you know, we're just a complete better team. You know, we, we play better defense, and uh, and which is helping our offense. So uh, as long as we keep that, we'll, we'll have a good chance of winning that. What are your thoughts on the way that AD has played since he's come back from his injury? It doesn't seem like he's missed the, the beat at all with some of the numbers that he's been putting out. Well, no, you know, he's a talented player, and, uh, you know, the good thing is, you know, he's, he said he's been uh, learning how we've been playing as far when he was out. And, uh, and for him, you know, it's just all about, uh, you know, acclimating himself. He's, you know, he's a good player, and we, we still need to play uh, through him. and. And, uh, and everybody else needs to, you know, kind of find their ways. But it, the good thing is we all know our roles and everybody's playing playing well. So there you go. Thanks again to John DeShazer for stopping by, getting his thoughts prior to the broadcast tonight, and certainly his insight with regard to the Saints and uh, where things stand here going into free agency tomorrow across the NFL. We've had a good, good visit so far here in Milwaukee. It only gets better with the Pelicans' win tonight at the BMO Harris Center and then we're off to uh, New York to take on the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow night. Black and Blue Report tomorrow uh, will be fired up with Daniel Salerson. He'll be hosting from Studio B out on Airline Drive in Metairie. And we'll have uh, certainly a recap of tonight's action against the Milwaukee Bucks and some thoughts going into the game against the Nets from the uh, Barclays Center tomorrow night in the borough of Brooklyn. So thanks to you, and I hope that you have a great rest of your Monday. We certainly enjoyed being with you. Uh, don't forget, you can follow this show on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Otherwise, we'll see you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. We'll